ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. It's the podcast song. We oh. do it at the top of every episode. Yeah. Well, I thought you were doing like a weird Banjo-Kazooie thing. I mean, that also could not be inaccurate. That was a really weird way of saying that. Should we Let's do a podcast. Okay. Welcome to the Life Toy Edit with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. Hello, and welcome to the Life Toy Edit with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what's so happening what's here, happening here? <laughs> is <laughs> Molly <laughs> is being a recording of me. I'm being a talk boy. Yes, you are. Uh, or a talk girl. A talk woman. I'm, I'm almost 30. <laughs> I'm a talk woman at this point. Uh, you've transitioned from, from talk... Girlhood to talk womanhood? Yes, I've had my talk period. And... <laughs> what a horrible image that conjures. <laughs> oh, God. Um, this is, of course, a podcast about movies about toys, and this week we are watching Home Alone 2, colon, Lost in New York, starring... When your colon is lost in New York. When your colon... <laughs> uh, when your colon is lost in New, New York, but she keeps sucking. Um... That's not a good joke. It's but not, but it's, I gave you a lot of room you, to make a joke, and I thought you were going to come up with something good, but I don't have anything better. I set you up. And you did. You set up some shitty pins, and I ineffectually knocked them down. Yeah, sorry. In many ways, we we, we are the podcasting co-hosts that we each deserve. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're doing Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, primarily because of a toy that Kevin McAllister, played by Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin... Culkin. A uh, friend of the show, Macaulay Culkin, gets... Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Sorry. None no, of this is... that was good. Is... No, that was good. Okay, uh, thank you. We for... got there in the end. <laughs> he is as a talk boy. Yeah, he, which um, I did a lot of research on this before the episode. This was is... your research remembering that you had one Remembering that I had one. I, d- I did do, like, I'm going to show you my browser because you can see... Look, I have a tab open. Oh, I... it says talk boy. I was, I was looking into the history of the so talk boy. So you were boy. researching it. So, for the um, first time time we actually researched yeah. something. So this is not a toyetic movie in the truest sense where mm-hmm. it is a film that is based on an existing toy line. The Talk Boy did not exist before this movie. It wasn't even like an ad, wasn't like a... It uh, wasn't a twinkle in its talk dad's eye. Yeah, it's not even like Tiger Electronics who manufactured the toys were like, we, we have this toy we want to sell, can you put it in a movie? Yeah, sure. The Talk Boy was created... In the, at the scripting level for this film. The version used in the film is a non-working prop that was manufactured by Tiger. And then Tiger worked with John Hughes to, to kind of determine what the specs for a working toy would be. And then they pushed it out they for like the... They like retrofitted it in a way. Like yeah. They designed this toy and they're like, maybe we should actually make this. Yeah, kind of. Kind of like with the Buzz Lightyear action yeah, figures yeah. and that it was designed for the film and then they made it. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. So they they worked with John Hughes to figure out the specs. They released the original because there were multiple versions of the Talkboy mm-hmm. that were released. And this is how I discovered I didn't have an original Talkboy. <gasps> I had a deluxe Talkboy. Oh, is that better or worse? Yeah, yeah the deluxe Talkboy was closer to the version that Kevin uses in the movie. Okay. But the initial Talkboy was released uh, on the day the film came out in theatres in uh, in the US in 92. One of the things that the Talkboy does in the movie that the initial toy didn't do, which is the slow down mm-hmm. switch that slows down the recording or allows you to record squeaky smurf voices, which is what I did for a lot of my fake radio shows that I recorded. So the deluxe Talkboy is much closer to what the 
the functionality yes. that was represented in the film. Yes. But the line didn't stop there. Oh. Because when you have a brand and it's popular because it's been in a big movie that you made a gajillion dollars. Milk that cash oh, you, cow for all it's worth. Absolutely you do. So they made um the talk girl. Oh, there is a talk There's girl. There's a talk girl. How does that differ? Okay, uh, I'm gonna a pink colored talk boy marketed toward young girls. Yes. It did eventually. So that's the only difference. It's like lady pens that are suited for our small, delicate hands. Yeah, basically, it's okay. exact. There's no functionally. There's no difference between the talk girl and the deluxe talk boy. The deluxe version, which is the one that I had, came with a tape. The one side was blank, which is what I used to mm-hmm. record stuff, and the other side had voice clips and sound effects from Home oh, Alone so too. Could, oh, fun! Yeah, you I had a lot of fun with that the thing. Movie, you could, you know, kill some people. Oh, I killed a bunch of people yeah. that Christmas. It was a lot of fun. I did, and I'm going to Google, I'm going to bring this up. You can't, we'll find a way to put this on the website if you go to thelifetoyetic.com. But the box uh, had Kevin McAllister from the movie. He's holding it and it looks like he's pointing a gun. It does. Like, don't mess with me. Yeah, don't mess with me or I'll record your voice. I will steal your soul. <laughs> I will You'll be trapped in my yeah. talk boy. Um, I also want to point out, we are currently looking at this on uh, product listing online with the deluxe Talkboy in its original packaging for 650 actual American dollars. Yeah. It's bananas. I kind of wish I'd never taken mine out of the box. I'm sorry. Home Alone 2 is a film that I watched a lot as a kid because I did get it for Christmas. Actually, I got it just before Christmas when it came out on VHS that year, which would have been 93. Mm -hmm. And it was because of that movie that I wanted a Talkboy, which is why I got the Talkboy for Christmas in, in, I'm going to assume it was 93 Mm because that's when the film came out on VHS. But uh, I was obsessed with that movie as a kid. I have no oh. idea why, because I didn't. I'd never seen the first Home Alone. So why was oh, you I? Hadn't? I had never seen it. So why was I so gung ho about Home Alone Two? I do not know. Maybe you liked the accents. There's logically no reason for me to have been as enthusiastic about Home Alone I, Two. As I was. My favorite part of Home Alone Two that I remember is the lady who can like summon an army of pigeons. Because that was always my mm. dream is to be able to summon a flock of some sort of animal, ideally pigeons, because I do love pigeons. Okay, so you would want to be the pigeon lady from Home yes, Alone definitely. 2, Ant-Man. Because of small? Because I want to be a small I person? think that's a combination of you can summon creatures and be small. Okay, I think yeah. Ant-Man is probably, or the Wasp, is probably your dream superhero. I haven't seen Ant-Man in the Wasp, it's and I very didn't good. pay very much attention to Ant-Man when I watched it, because there are a lot of insects, and I don't love insects. But I do love tiny people, so it was... I feel ambivalent towards it. I think Ant- I think either Ant-Man or the Wasp would be your perfect superhero. Not just because of the smallness factor. Like to be tiny. You get to summon hordes of things. Anything? Well, I mean, there's ants in the case of Ant-Man. No. And I don't think the Wasp summons wasps. No. I think if I could summon bees, that would be cool because bees are friendly. What would I feel your? Like if you summon wasps, they're kind of like it's like herding cats, and they could turn on you at any moment. What would your bee superhero name be? Um, bee. Bees knees. Bees knees. The bees knees. Bees knees. That's actually not bad. The bees the knees. The bees knees. The bees knees. You're the... All the bees are my aunts and uncles. <laughs> I like that. I think that's good. I, they're bees and I'm a niece, so it's fine. So Home Alone Two. Yeah. Came out in theaters in 1992. Mm-hmm. I saw it on VHS in 1993. What is your uh, history with this movie? I don't think I ever saw it until I saw it on ABC Family in, like, middle or high school. Okay. So I don't have that nostalgia feeling mm. towards it, but I do remember watching it and being like, it's a fun Christmas movie. 
Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a stressful Christmas movie because this child kind of kills. Some he people. does absolutely. Have you seen the first one? I saw the first one. I actually, Timber and I watched it a couple years ago. And if you Google it, there's an article where an actual doctor like goes through and describes all yes. the things that would actually happen if you know they set this man on fire or they branded him. And they were they would be dead several times over the what are the sticky bandits the wet bandits yeah. the what are they're they the called? wet bandits in the first movie and they become the sticky bandits okay. in the second yeah they would be dead several times over so it's a movie in which a child kills a bunch of yeah adults. I think Kevin McAllister is a sociopath I think you'd have to be you'd though. have to be to be able to do that to a man and then also <laughs> another man and then do it a second time the following Christmas with yes. no remorse yeah that's probably Christmas true. Christmas is the season of murder. He's going to deck their halls. So, um, we've talked about the talk boy. We've talked a little bit about the movie, mm-hmm. which we're going to be watching, by the way, on stars, because this movie is behind a paywall this year. And I mean, like, two paywalls, because I had to get an Amazon Prime trial subscription and then trial stars for a week mm. in order to even get to look at this movie's existence on the internet. It's not on Hulu. It's not on Netflix. It's not on. Uh, even like YouTube TV didn't have it. Mm. Yeah, all the other Home Alone movies are on YouTube TV, which means that they've aired recently. Mm. But I guess Stars has the monopoly on Home Alone 2, which makes me wonder, is Home Alone 2 the best one? Is it the most financially lucrative? I don't know. I, hmm. I do not have an answer to that question. I think I like the first one better. The second one's more stressful to me. In my mind, Home Alone 2 is the best one. And thinking about it now, I know I said earlier that I was gung-ho about this movie with no real understanding of why. I think it was, I had seen ads for it for when it was going to air on TV in the UK, when it was going to air on uh, one of the premium movie channels. I'd seen ads for it, and we didn't have the premium ads movie. for the first one? For the second one. Oh. And I think that I saw a kid as the lead in a movie, and I thought, I'm a kid. <laughs> I, I need can to relate. S- uh, yeah, I want to see this movie. I'm a white boy with yeah. homicidal tendencies. We don't talk about that on the show. Sorry. We've, there's been an ex- that's part- I did sign that thing. You did sign the thing. And the thing was a person's face, <laughs> and the pen was filled with blood. This is grim. Yeah, I don't know this why is... you decided to take this here. I'm sorry. Is it because you're homicidal? We said we wouldn't talk about that. <laughs> oh, so, no, we've created a feedback. We group. have. We're going to go away and watch Home Alone 2, yeah, colon, not, lost not in kill New York. No one will die on our watch. Not today. Not this Christmas. Not today, Jeremy. <laughs> So we're going to go do that, and uh, we'll be right back after these uh, decidedly old commercial messages. You can have lots of high-tech fun with Tiger's Talkboy tape recorder. Hey, stop drooling on me. Hey, stop drooling on me. It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. Tiger's Talkboy tape recorder comes with audio cassette. Batteries not included. We, the new hit console from Nintendo. No, we're back. <laughs> We've returned after watching Home Alone Two: Colon Lost in New York. It was fun. It was long. It's two it's hours two and change. Hours. Yeah. It's, it's almost exactly two hours. Yeah, there's a lot of film there. It's there's a lot more film than I remember as well. As a kid, I had not seen much of the first one. I don't think I saw the first one at all as a kid. And I've definitely seen bits of it as an adult. Of the first one? Yeah. 
But the second film I watched over and over did and over again. Did you have a again. lot of like sense Oh, memories? absolutely I did. <laughs> I think I told you this as we were watching the movie, but like I remember hearing clips from that mo- the movie on the... On the talk boy. On the talk boy, on the B-side of the tape like that a, comes with the talk the boy. Like the bandits screaming There's a lot of as the, they die. Well, I, as I remember it now, there are, as opposed to as I remembered it then, uh, there are, the first half of the tape was all like Kevin McAllister quotes from, mm-hmm. from the first half of the movie. And then the second half of that tape was all sounds of Harry and Marv being injured. Being tortured. Yes, lots yeah. of screams, out of context moans this and wails. It's like saw for kids. It is. It's it's saw babies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were cringing through that set piece. You were you were doing a lot of cringing. Eyes. I kind of I made peace with the fact that we're looking at a live action cartoon, cartoon. because we definitely we kept count. Both of the Harry and Marv both died several, several times, times over. over. They should not have survived their encounter with Kevin McAllister the first time. This time they are definitively very dead. But if you can, in your mind's eye. Except in your head and your heart mm-hmm. that you are watching a cartoon. You're watching Wiley Coyote. Yes, you're watching what? You're watching Wiley Coyote trying and failing to get the Roadrunner. You're watching Elmer Fudd trying to get one over on Bugs Bunny and failing spectacularly, and end up ending up shooting himself in the face with his own shotgun. Ah. He wouldn't survive that, ah. but in a cartoon, he very did. The moment for me where any criticism of this movie as well, they they should be dead. This is an unrealistic movie. Yeah, like, Marv electrocutes himself and we see his skeleton. He dies. His soul leaves his body. <laughs> that part... His skin leaves his the body. The animation on that sequence where his soul, like, flutters away. <laughs> uh, they paid a lot of money for that. That was that was clearly done. He goes to heaven for a He does bit. go to heaven. There's a full 27-minute mu- musical sequence where he's yeah. in heaven. Uh, and then he returns to his body because his... Yeah. His, his... He has so much to live for. They yeah. let him come back. That was, it was beautiful. But yeah, when a person is electrocuted, you do not immediately see their skeleton. That is the moment that, for me, paints the entire sequence as, just let it be a cartoon. It's silly now. Let it be silly. Let it be a cartoon. Don't dwell on how realistic Don't it isn't. Don't think about traumatic brain injuries. Don't think about tissue necrosis. Don't think about third degree burns. I will Don't say, think about any of it. As throughout the set piece in the house, Marv does become increasingly... His behavior becomes increasingly erratic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely dealing with... He's concussed. Yeah, there's tra- There's brain trauma, there's concussion. Yeah. He's, he's going to have to sleep a lot in the next couple yeah. weeks. Harry is fueled by adrenaline and rage mm-hmm. and, and the desire to murder a child. Yeah. Um, Marv is just concussed. Yeah, he's just kind of bumbling through. I feel bad for him because he's just kind of been peer pressured into this whole thing. It feels yeah. like we we kind of we kind of dived straight into the the <laughs> set piece of the third act in the, in the house, and that's kind of like we're having our dessert before we have our meat and vegetables. Yeah, so. let's have our our veg. So top of the movie, top of the movie, Tyria. <laughs> oh, no, God. the McAllister family is preparing to fly to Florida for Christmas. They have they're packing, they're getting ready to go. They're I guess they're flying out the next morning, mm-hmm. and. A big deal is made out of the fact that last year, even though these films are two years apart, last year is the year when Kevin McAllister, played by friend of the show, Macaulay Macaulay, Culkin. Macaulay, anarchist cookbook Culkin. Yes, he definitely, he wrote that book. (laughs) Um, They left him behind last year. So this year they're being very fastidious about... Not leaving any more children behind. Before they go... Fool me once. Fool me once. Leave one child behind. Shame on you. 
Leave two child behind. Two child. <laughs> Shame on me. Shame on Harry and Marv. But th- before that, there's a Christmas recital where I guess they're singing that old Christmas staple. What was that well, song? A bunch of made up Christmas songs. John Williams had a lot of fun writing Christmas yeah. music for this film. I'm absolutely certain of that. But Kevin has uh, a solo. Yeah. That is ruined. By Buzz. Buzz, his brother, is using the kind of electric candles Candles. and like mock drumming and shining them behind his ears. And the entire audience is laughing. Which is odd because I feel like what would actually happen is the audience would kind of squirm and be like, this is uncomfortable. That child is out of control. I think there'd be a couple of laughs. I do not think the entire auditorium would would would, just be the raucous, riotous laughter. Yeah. But Kevin turns around and realizes what has happened and he does what anyone would do clocks his brother clocks his brother straight in the gob roundhouse kicks him in the face <laughs> cut to the McAllister's drawing room how all big the is children, they have a huge okay, house I do want to say all the children fall down and some of them oh, are yeah. clearly kind of throwing themselves they're just kind of going down, for it Palm Sunday style it was the heat of the moment and then one of the some of the props fall over and takes out the piano player oh yeah the like woman playing thing. the piano she's dead she's she died first, and the she's, body count she's the first casualty no, in this two movie body count that's number yeah. one this is the first casualty in this movie of the three people who definitely, definitely die die on screen yes and that's that's only counting the number of people who die the number of deaths these people accrue the number of people who die is different than the number of deaths <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, oh boy, it's it's this a it's a murderonomy of a yeah. movie. It is. There's just blood, 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 blood. Yeah. Blood if you want blood, Home Alone two. You got it. What is Home Alone two if not a kids version of Die Hard? I've never seen Die Hard, but I know that Die Hard is about suffering and Christmas. <laughs> so I can see that. I can make that yeah. connection. So later in the drawing room of the McAllister's obscenely large, it's large. house. I don't know what this what this family what does. does. It, yeah, what do any of them they do? They might be mobsters. Yeah. They all live in huge houses. The uncle lives in a historic brownstone in New York and goes to Paris for extended periods of time. Yeah, while they renovate while the they house renovate he owns. House? He owns this house in New yeah, York. Yeah, I don't know what they do. So Buzz Aldrin apologizes. <laughs> he comes down from space. He comes down like, from space. Sorry, guys. He wants to share with, with everyone um, the episode of The Simpsons he just recently did. Oh, so did he? he? Puts, yeah, he did an episode of The Simpsons around that time. Oh, cool. Uh, so he puts the tape on. They watch that. They have a good time. He leaves. And then Buzz Lightyear comes in. Buzz Lightyear shows like, up. hey, you don't recognize me because it's 1992, but also, you're going to know my name. Yeah, it was an odd, odd choice. And then Buzz Lightyear leaves. And then Buzz McAllister comes in. And uh, apologizes in a very fake, well-rehearsed apology mm-hmm. for upsetting the, the pageant mm-hmm. and for making... And for killing a woman. For killing a woman, <laughs> which makes it okay. Yeah. And then uh, for ups- uh, for upsetting Kevin and ruining Kevin's moment in the spotlight. But he he shoots Kevin a look and literally says some words. Calls that, him a trout. Tra- a trout sniffer. sniffer. Which I don't know what that means. It's like being a cake sniffer. Uh, yeah, cake it's... sniffing orphan in the orphan shack. What is what? Wait, what were any of those? Hang on, what were any of those words you just said with your mouth? <laughs> Have you seen a series of unfortunate? Oh no, I haven't. It's a quote from the okay. cake sniffing orphans in the orphan shack. Uh, anyway, so uh, Kevin is encouraged to apologize for punching Buzz Aldrin in the face, <laughs> and Kevin says, "I don't think he went to the moon. I'm sorry. I think it's a conspiracy. <laughs> I, think it's a I think it was a big hoax." 
then Buzz Aldrin punches him in the face. Yeah. That's our second fatality of the movie. Wow. And yeah, so basically Kevin says, I'm not going to apologize to Buzz. He's he, he's not sorry. He's, he's not sorry. He's putting on a show for you. You guys are all buying it hook, line, and sinker. Listen, I want to have... If I had the money, I'd have my own vacation. Fuck all your bitches. Peace out, homies. And then he leaves. And then he storms off. Yeah. And he gets to stay in the attic, which is actually like a really cool yeah. setup. So it's the next morning. And they, because they, there's a bunch of shit that because happens. Because one alarm clock in the house didn't go off, everyone is late. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so much, there's so much stuff that happens at the house that it happens to set up stuff later in the movie. Like they all, the like alarm the gets unplugged. Uncle, the weird uncle in the shower. Yeah. Kevin McAllister re- using his talk boy. We've not even talked about the first appearance of oh, the yeah, talk boy. Sh- I forgot that that yeah. was a central feature yeah. and maybe might be the reason that we're doing this film. So Kevin has the talk boy in his hand and he's using it to record dialogue from like he's watching like new celebrity ding dang dong a game show on tv and he's just pointing the thing at the tv recording it and then playing it back and getting mm-hmm. remarkably high quality Very audio high quality. and uh when his mom asks him questions he records the answer rewinds it and plays it it's yeah, obnoxious. setting up the features that the yeah toy can do it's it is a literal plot device mm. like the plot moves forward because this device exists and lo- lots of little things happen mm-hmm. In the house that kind of builds towards them rushing in the morning to get into the the airport shuttle, kind of all piling in. There's a moment where, oh no, is Kevin here? He's not here. And then he's just in the front seat. In the front seat, he's like, hey. Yeah. I was on time. They give him his ticket. And then they arrive at the airport and they're rushing through the terminal. And Kevin, who is holding his dad's bag with his wallet and his keys. Yeah, he wanted to fish batteries out for his talk boy. Yes, to put fresh batteries in his talk boy. But he stops to put the batteries in his talk boy. And he loses sight of his dad. He loses sight of his dad. He does see another man in an identical coat. In a camel-colored him. wool coat. So he gets on the wrong plane. It's JFK. So he gets he gets off, he gets off, he gets off plane and he get off plane. He, get off, he gets the plane off. He gets he gets he's a child. <laughs> he get he get off plane and his parents don't get off the plane. His parents don't don't get off plane. His parent plane no get off. <laughs> And uh, he realizes, oh, I'm in the wrong city. I'm in New York. And there's a moment of terror followed by a moment of absolute glee because he's in New York with his dad's credit card. And, a, and, and, and an envelope full of cash. Just chock-a-block full of 50s. Just $50 notes. Because obviously they don't take credit cards in Florida where he was going to go for Christmas. So they need fat stacks of cash. Which actually plays into your um, like mob family. Yeah. A, a theory because why else would he have an envelope so full much of cash. just unmarked bills? Yeah, <laughs> just fifties. No, I think we're on to something. We're defi- I think, I think this- they might be bootleggers. Yeah, what what are they bootleg? Talk boys, alcohol or talk boys? Knock off Chinese talk boys. Hey kid, do you want to buy a talk boy? Get your talk boy right here. <laughs> what country just, is hey, Kevin going hey, to? How you doing? Is this on the streets you of want New a York? Talk boy? No, this is this is my New York. This is oh, I'm Jason Statham. <laughs> I play Kevin. They're remaking Home Alone. I'm playing Kevin McAllister. Kevin's all grown up and he loses all his children. No, I'm still nine. I'm playing a nine-year-old boy in a new Home Alone remake. Seems like a fun, gritty reboot. It's going to be really good. It's going to be real, real dark. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, film announcement. What better way to announce a new movie's coming out than on a podcast that only two hundred people listen to? Now I feel bad. <laughs> But also relieved that only 200 people are going to hear this <laughs> lengthy yeah. bit. They told me you're going to pay me a lot of money to do this show. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of money. So do you want to write me a check or PayPal me? I'll take Venmo. We do have a mint condition talk boy that is worth $650. Oh yeah, I'll take that. I will okay, take that lovely go. 
tasty bit of kit. Okay, I'll right. I'll mail it to you. Cool. Just right, I'm gonna go. Your mailing address. I'm gonna go now. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye. Yeah. Please leave. Sorry, I just had to pop to the bathroom. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, no, nothing major. Nothing, no? No. Okay. I saw a guy leaving. He looks a, oh, no. I <laughs> think you're hallucinating. He looks a bit like... Uh, <laughs> you're not going to be... look like Jason Statham. Oh. I, I accidentally bumped shoulders with him and he said, um, uh, watch yourself, you muppet. You're not going to believe this. That was Jason Statham. No, that was that kind of in Jason Statham. Okay. Um, well, I was, I was just messing with you. Okay. It was my dad. That was your dad? Okay. I mean, he can... Ha- what do I have to say to end this bit, Benjamin? <laughs> Let me out. Tell me about the next part of the movie. So, he goes to the Plaza Hotel. Uh-huh. Kevin does. Yes, and he... he um, there's a brief scene where he asks for directions from just some anonymous businessman. Yeah, and he's we're not going to talk about it anymore. It doesn't matter. And then they get uh, directed to the, the front desk where the woman who marries cousin It in Adam's Family Values... Is the desk lady. Desk lady, yes. Yeah, that's what the job title is called. Yeah. And uh, Kevin McAllister has definitely conned his way into... Like, he he previously... He called up... He uses up, the talk boy to uh, slow down his voice so he doesn't sound like a grown man at all. He just sounds like a child. You know, he just sounds like the Unabomber th- phoning in a yeah. threat. Yeah. Like, this is Kevin McAllister. Yeah. It's... By the way, the real toy did not slow down your voice that much. It didn't really sound like a grown yeah. man at all. So, um... But luckily, that lady was dumb as a bag yeah. of rocks. So she check. Uh, Kevin checks in with the uh, with the the credit his, his dad's credit card, credit card and is relieved when it works. Also at the front desk, but a couple of desks over, as hotels sometimes do. His friend of the show, friend of the show, uh, Timothy Currington. Yes, uh, known better to the American uh, film industry as Tim Curry. Curry, um, what and we call him because we Americans are too lazy yeah. to say people's whole names. And you know whose name I've just remembered? Who played the bellhop? Tell me, Rob Schneider. That's right. That's his name. I couldn't remember his name and I was too lazy to look it up because I'm American. Perhaps best known for being a racist caricature of a Hawaiian man in the film Fifty First Date. Is this film film set... battleship. (laughs) Yes. Is this film part of the Fifty First Date's extended universe? I think it is now. So Tim Curry is suspicious of Kevin McAllister and he says to Rob Schneider, Yo... Keep an eye on that little shit. Mm-hmm. That's that's the exact dialogue, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's what he sounds like. Um, Can you do your Tim Curry impression? Oh, good yeah. Ah, you make all the teeth show. Oh, and he has so you many do, teeth. If you want to do a Tim Curry impression, you have to kind of like curl your lips back yes. and do a fear grimace. Yes. But yeah, Tim Curry is uh, very suspicious of, of little Kevin. Little Kevin McAllister. Okay. And uh, Rob Schneider takes him, up to, takes him in his bag up to the room. Wants a tip and gets a stick of gum. A zebra gum. It's yes. good. It I've never had zebra gum. It doesn't hold its flavor very long. Yeah, that's why he was disappointed it in the tip. It tastes kind of like what you would think a child thinks fruit tastes like. Uh, in Florida, at back, the rest of the McAllister clan is... Oh yeah, a, they finally realize that he's missing and they're talking to the police. And... Yeah. So Kevin does some fun New York things. He goes swimming. Oh yeah, he does a lot of touristy stuff and he spends a lot of his father's money yeah. that was made from I guess murdering people. Yeah, and uh, he ends up at uh... Kevin is in the family business. Oh my god. His father taught him everything he knows. There's clearly a, there's a prequel. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a prequel where it's like bring your son to, to Crime mur- Day. Yeah. yeah. And uh and he watches his dad like knock off knock some... off some folk. Yeah. <laughs> Like some cement boots. Yeah. You know how you know how the McAllister family have never been caught as a crime Tell family? Me. Is they make all of their murders look like um, an accident in the home. 
Most accidents do take place in the home. So they take all of their victims to places that are being renovated. And they... And then they just kind of pour them throw paint cans a and block of cement and let them suffocate. Or they throw paint cans paint at them down the stairs. The, and... the, the toolbox thing definitely strikes me. Or the, the big tool chest yeah, thing definitely... Yeah, that's a McAllister favorite. Yeah, that's... Some, that's uh, Gets yeah. the job done. The Chicago police were at one point, there was a theory that there was the, the tool chest killer mm-hmm. because there was a string of these accidents. But uh, the McAllister patriarch paid off a dirty cop and the investigation was yeah. quietly, quietly dismissed as, look, these are just accidents. This is a grim world we're painting. I kind of love it, though. I kinda, Merry I, Christmas, everyone. I want to read. To I want to read. And we've given you a gift, and now it's your turn to, to We've made jokes about gritty reboots of Home Alone. <laughs> we've had a lot of fun here today. <laughs> <laughs> I would love some genuine fan fiction that paints the McAllisters in this light. I want to know more about the family business, and I want to know how... Paint us a picture of how Kevin learned these traits. Yeah. And I want that fan fiction on my desk, first thing, Monday morning... Along with pictures of Spider-Man. With pictures of... But why? He's not real. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. So Kevin goes to Duncan's Toy Chest, the biggest toy store in New York, which is a stand-in for... F.A.O. Schwartz. Yes. It's this big, gorgeous toy shop. Also at the toy shop, Mm -hmm. we haven't mentioned them yet, the Wet Bandits. Oh, yeah, they escaped from... New York. The big house. Yeah. There was a... So these are the bad guys from the first Home Alone movie that we have not watched or ever covered on this podcast, in case you are confused. Definitely the half-hour mark is definitely the point when you want that confusion to assert itself. They There was a prison riot, they broke out, they hopped on a, a fish truck a fish bound truck. for New York and have a plan to knock over... With just over. a dream and ten dollars in their pocket. Yes, a dream and a million pounds. And they, A fish. A fish. A lot of fish. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just vast quantities of fish. And their plan is they're going to knock over, on Christmas Eve, a toy shop. Because who would be dumb enough to knock over a toy shop on Christmas Eve? They're going to empty the registers. They're going to stay in there overnight. They're going to empty the registers. And then they're going to it's walk going to out like, like they own the place. It's going to be like Inside Man. It's going to be like Inside Out. Because they're, con- they're going to be little people in the head like, what are you doing, idiots? <laughs> Not many of Remember them. Remember in Inside Out when the girl robs a store? <laughs> She's depressed, so she holds up a toy store. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's, it's one of the it's darker Pixar odd, movies. Yeah, it's an odd choice for a family film, but I feel like it really made it stand out. Fun fact about the family in Inside Out, they are also the McAllisters. Are they actually? No, that's absolutely not oh, true. I was about to say that we're finding all sorts of connections. <laughs> the Home Alone cinematic universe. If you can find any other links from other movies to Home Alone, by the way, absolutely do send them our way. I mean, you could say that about any film that was shot in New York. Okay. The Super Mario Brothers movie is set in the same universe as Home Alone. Prove me wrong. I can't. That's it. Wow. And they are. See? Wow. How'd you do that? Let's do another one. Uh, you name a movie that's set in New York. Um. <laughs> 13 going on 30 was the first one that came to okay. mind. <laughs> okay. Now it's my job to prove that that did not take place in the Home Alone extended okay. universe. Uh, and I can't do it. So it's, wow. it's in there now. That's, that's foolproof. So the Home Alone cinematic universe contains Home Alone 2 and no other Home Alone movies. Every other film that was ever shot in Every New other York. film that was ever shot in New York. Um, and also Bronxosaurus. Bronxosaurus. <laughs> I don't remember what the actual <laughs> one was called because it was so bad. The Super Mario Brothers movie and 13 Go on 30 specifically. I need one more. Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen it yet, but it's supposed to be good. Yeah, I'm hearing very good things. Go see Into the Spider-Verse in theatres now. Or later, if you're in another country. We get a little kickback from that. Yeah. This episode, by the way, was sponsored by Babe 2 Pig in the City. (laughs) That would have been better. Was that set in New York? It says in the city. I don't think the 
that Babe Two Pig in the City is set in New York. Let if, me look it up. Okay. Mm. Uh, the reason I went to that movie is it's ridiculous that it exists and we should all feel bad. Oh, okay. Babe Two Lost in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that movie. Babe goes to the city. The city. It's, that's literally what it says in the summary. Babe goes to the city. Anyway, do please go to Blockbuster Video and purchase Babe 2 Pig in the City on VHS. This Metropolis spon- is the name of the city. So Babe 2 Pig in the City is set in the DC Comics universe. Is there a city called Metropolis? That's where Superman lives. Really? It's yeah. called Metropolis? Yeah. Okay. Which means Babe 2 might have met Batman if oh, Batman yeah. and Superman are working together. Oh yeah, that tracks. Yeah. So, um, back to the film we're actually talking yeah. about, which is Home Alone 2, Pig in the City. So, yeah, Marv and Harry are in this toy shop talking about how they're going to knock it over. They're very loudly talking about how excited they are to rob it while yeah. they're standing around. Kevin, who, he's in a, a lavish, luscious toy store. Juicy. Juicy. Succulent. Moist toy shop and there's all these big toys he has a credit card and and a wad of cash eight thousand dollars in unmarked bills and he buys for himself do you remember what he buys he buys what looks like a kind of a pez dispenser is it that big the big thing it has like a dragon or a that's the thing that squirts the slime later oh that's what that is so it's a slime dispenser he gets some fireworks but i think he gets those in he bought town. yeah he bought those earlier and the only reason he bought those is because the plot necessitates that he it's has it's weird them later. that a child would be like hey i'm I'm just gonna buy some fireworks yeah, casually but yeah. i mean if you're a murderer's son you know <laughs> to always be prepared yeah they weren't going to sell fireworks to a kid but he said you know i'm uh i'm a McAllister. i'm a McAllister of those chicago McAllisters." and they were like oh and then uh he, he pulls into his pocket and he just pulls out a little bit and there's a gun in there because <laughs> his dad probably had his gun in his yeah bag, yeah right? yeah um, and it's, he reaches uh, into the pocket of his corduroy pants <laughs> Of his, uh, his, his babe two pig in the city pajama bottoms <laughs> and, uh, and pulls out a functional handgun. Yeah. He doesn't actually have to pay for the fireworks, no, which is probably the best part. Yeah. What else does he buy at the toy store? I don't remember. Two other things that are, I think, largely... Just like cheap little yeah, trinkets. Like, like, like yeah. It's like, kid, you could have anything. You could have bought the train set from the opening scene of this movie that had Molly musing about what it would be like to be a borrower riding never, that train I set. I never am not thinking about what it would be like to be a borrower in any given scenario. We did literally, and I cannot remember if we were recording when we were talking about that, but we did literally Talk establish... how much I want to be a tiny person. That you want, that Ant-Man would... Ant-Man or, or the Wasp. the option of being a tiny person. Yeah, you could flip. Like that's why Ant Man is a perfect superhero if you or the Wasp because you can flip between the two that would states be at any given and moment. I'm getting genuinely sad thinking about that, how I'm never going to be able that to te- do that. You, listen, hey, it's 2018. That we te- don't know what kind of technology. Yeah, is coming down the pipeline. You never know. Hey, chin up, kid. Uh, <laughs> One day you might be four inches tall. In order to ride the train, though, you probably would have to have been, I would say, t- one or two inches. I'll just get a bigger train. Oh, that's silly me. I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking about the train set from the movie, but oh, obviously no. you can just get a bigger train. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's on me, and I apologize. Okay. I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to Jeremy. And I want to apologize to Kevin McAllister, because he's already been through so much. He's and been also, through a lot. His heart has been hardened by all the crime and bullshit <laughs> he's had to witness. It takes a toll. On a young child. It does. Uh, the interesting thing there is how your voice shifted from Hi, I'm Molly to Hello, I am a substitute teacher from 1927. 
that what I sound like to you? Not usually, but just that that it takes a that it, it takes a toll. It takes a toll. Now, if you're following me, please turn in your textbooks. Turn to page 147, and we we we'll learn about quadratic equations. That's weird. Yeah, it's a little bit. I don't know whose voice that was. Me neither. Who was I? Who, who am I? Who are any of us? Really, uh, I wish I were a tiny person. Is, I know is, that. Is much. Ben in the room? Can, been in the room with us. Can Ben give us a sign? <laughs> I was aiming for inside the actor's studio and you turned it into a seance. Oh yeah, I didn't know where you were going so and I apologize. The, the, the logical progression of that is a combination of the a two, birth. which is inside the dead actor's studio. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so exciting though. Oh, that would be great. Is Jim Belushi with us? <laughs> That's oh, ha- Jim. Okay, says, hi Jim. Yes, I am. Hi. <laughs> yes, I am high. I'm I high. We're like, yeah, that yeah. sounds like Jim. Yeah, that old Jim. You know who would host inside the Dead Actors Studio? Tell Absolutely, me. it would be Dan Aykroyd. It would. I can see that because he will do anything now. That's very funny. We need to stay on track because we're only about like twenty or thirty minutes into this film. We can um, do it anyway. Harry and Marv catch up with Kevin outside the toy shop, and he runs away from them. He runs away. They catch him, and uh, they're holding on to him. They tell him their entire plan, which he cleverly records on the talk boy, and then they basically say, "Yeah, we're just we're going to take you somewhere. We're going to kill you." But they do wait at a crossing. They don't just walk out into the street. They're not criminals. So <laughs> they're not going to jaywalk. No, of They'll kill not. a child, but they're not going to jaywalk. So Kevin, to get away from the sticky bandits, for sexually that is now their name, sexually the assaults the woman in front of them. them. She turns around, sees Marv, who, by the way, had also very badly flirted with her earlier and she had slapped him. She punches him. Yeah, she punches him flat out. And then Kevin points to Harry and said, he did it. She, she punches, punches him, him. And then Kevin is free. He's free. He's he's regained his freedom. He runs away. Yes. Now, at this point in Florida, the parents are now aware that, he, that Kevin is not at the airport. Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's somewhere else. And they figured out... They're going to put a trace on the credit cards. On the credit card. cards. Because if Kevin uses the credit cards, mm-hmm. they'll know exactly where he is. And this is also the point at which Tim Curry determines, because he goes to process the card... That the card was stolen. The card was stolen. stolen. It comes up as stolen on, on the, the machine. 1992 technology. Yes. So he, I know he returns to the hotel, and he watches yeah. a movie. Well, that was... Some stuff. When he, comes, when he comes back to the hotel, the bandits are chasing him, he runs inside, and Tim Curry confronts him. So he runs up to his room, plays mm, yes. the movie... That we didn't talk about that earlier. That we didn't talk about. There's a movie, it's like the filthy animal, blah, 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 Tommy Gunn. And he plays some of it, and Tim Curry makes some great faces. Tim Curry and Rob Schneider assume that this is a real man, because obviously it's the crisp, clear audio of a person who's in the room. Uh, yeah. And uh, assume that it's a madman with a gun. So they get on their knees. And Sorry, t- I shouldn't be on this road. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kevin makes his escape, mm-hmm. and he goes... Well, he goes to the loading dock, and they catch him again. Oh, they do catch him again. They catch him again, and then he runs away again. Again? I guess. He keeps on getting caught and running away. And then he hops in a buggy. Mm. A horse and buggy. Yeah. And he escapes. Yes. And he has to spend the night in the park. He spends the night in the park. He meets the, the pigeon, pigeon lady. The pigeon lady. Who you... My hashtag goals. You kept touting as... You've met, You've made so many role models through the course of this podcast. <laughs> Poison Ivy. Yeah. Pigeon lady. Pigeon lady. I think a that's actually one. it. A third comedy <laughs> reference. Um, Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. That purple lame. <laughs> really into it. Fashion um, icon. 
They have a really touching conversation where Pigeon Woman bears her soul to the first person she's spoken to in years. And every time she says something like profound and touching, he talks about his fucking rollerblades. Yeah, he talks about being an affluent white child in Chicago. Yeah. You can tell on her face that she's losing patience with him. Uh, There's definitely a deleted scene where after Kevin leaves, she's like, oh, thank fucking Christ, that fucking rich kid is gone. Um, and thank God he didn't murder me. Yeah. He's got those McAllister features. Yeah. I think he might have been a McAllister. His back, no, his backpack has K McAllister. Oh, that's in maybe why she, she was, was so nice to him. She was, she's like, don't kill me. What happened was she recognized that he was a McAllister mm-hmm. and she was stalling him because she'd called the cops. So the cops were, were on so route. And when he left, she was like, shit, now the cops will never catch those danged McAllisters. They are yeah. a plague and a blight on our fair cities. There are McAllisters in every town. In every There's town one in, in New York, and they're in Paris now. Sp- make it, this is this is the McAllister climb. That's true because they are in Paris. Is moving to Paris. This is okay. This goes deep. Yeah, it does. Who would go? Who goes? Oh, we're going to vacation in Florida for Christmas. Then, they had no, no, business down there. It was a there. business affair. They had. They came to collect. Yes. Their whole family. They're going to train all. And McAllister the always collects <laughs> on his debts. Yeah, that's what it was. They were going to kill some people. Yeah. And uh, check on local interests. Investments. Investments, yeah. interests, yeah. And now they're going international in Paris. Yeah. Isn't uh, isn't your brother in Paris? Wink. Isn't their house undergoing renovations? Mm-hmm. Renovations is code for we've buried That's, that's where the murders the happen. Yes. Go do your murders a, there. Nothing about that house is being renovated. Yeah, that nothing is where about people that house die. says that anyone has ever lived here. So, one of the things that Pigeon Lady says... Because Kevin has pointed out that he's done a lot of bad things. Again, leading, yeah. lending credence to the idea that he's part of a crime syndicate. Killed, killed at least two men. Yes. Today. Today alone. Well, she, I mean, in the last killed 48 hours, certainly. Killed two men before certainly. breakfast. <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a psychopath's Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. They always try to kill three impossible people before <laughs> breakfast. She says, a good deed undoes a bad deed, and good deeds on Christmas Eve... Count extra. Count extra. So he's like, I can absolve my family's sins. I can atone. Yes. We will be, we will we'll be, be free. clean in the eyes of the Lord <laughs> if, we can, if I can stop these two homeless men from robbing a toy store. Yeah, so they can buy themselves food. Yeah, because the toy store... I mean, for starters, the toy store money goes to a local children's mm-hmm. hospital. That's a key plot point. So that's Kevin trying to wash away the sins of his father. God, there's so sins much... Sins of the father. The sins of the father. That was the original subtitle of this movie. It was Home Alone <laughs> 2. Sins, sins of the father. <laughs> yes. So he goes to his Uncle Rob's house. And the house is abandoned and is undergoing renovations, which we kind of made fun the of earlier. The murder house. This is the murder house. And he has op- what we're calling Operation Saw Babies um, as he sets up a number of traps in the house for Harry and Marv, a la the first movie. This is very much the first movie redux. Yeah. It's like if you've seen Full Metal Alchemist and then you watch Full Metal Alchemist 2 Lost in New York, they're basically the same. So, yeah. Yeah, you don't you could skip this scene if you wanted. He hurts them a lot. Cuz he so what happens is he goes to the toy shop. To he catch sees them. them in the act, yeah. He catches them in that. He takes pictures with a Polaroid. He throws a brick through the wall, to through the window, not through the wall. That's madness. Wow! Man. This kid's got a strong arm. You don't. Uh, you tell you what. You don't grow up weep, weak in the McAllister crime family. You get weeded out. You get weeded out. That you don't. We, you don't hear anything about the the youngest McAllister, Gumbo McAllister, who uh, he uh, he didn't cut the mustard. No. Nope. He was he was frail, and he died. Let's pour one out for Gumbo. <laughs> pour one out for Gumbo. Um, what a great sentence. I, only on this part. I'm so happy I got to hear those words. 
I can die happy. I could die tomorrow. Kevin McAllister will see to it. <laughs> but yeah, he, he takes photos of them. He takes he photos of them. Brick through the window to set off. Set the off the alarm. System, yeah. yeah. It was interesting. Large toy shop. Big glass big, big, windows. Big glass windows. No shutters. No. Yeah. No other security measures. No security guards. Yeah. There was a security guard who locked the store up at the end of the night, and then he leaves. He's- He's outies. I guess um, Duncan, P.F. Duncan, whatever. E.F. E.F. Duncan. Emmett Fitzgerald Duncan. Yes, the late great Emmett Fitzgerald. We did. We didn't talk about the scene. The person operating the the cash register oh, when yeah. Kevin buys his Mr. shit, Mr. Duncan, is Mr. Duncan. Because when he leaves, he sees a big portrait of Duncan, and then he turns around, and Duncan has vanished. He's dead. He's, he's been, been dead. He's, he's, Mr. Duncan has been dead for twenty years. Thanks, Peggy. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> Um, I feel like listeners of this podcast know your family better than... It's not my family. It's my in-laws. Oh, that's okay then. It's yeah. Timber's that's family. They don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> None of them listen to this. <laughs> I don't think they do. They're all very conservative. So, um, yeah, Kevin runs away. He, he lures them to the, them murder, to the house. murder house. He does a he bunch does of murders. all of the murders on them and they each <laughs> die at least half a dozen times Yeah, apiece. There are so many different ways. The thing is... A lot of this bit is a retread of the first movie. Mm-hmm. I am led to believe. Yeah. What new ways can we torture these gentlemen? Yeah. But there is definitely the implication that they are a little... Like Harry and Marv are a little bit more prepared this time because mm-hmm. there's the scene with the paint cans where they... Where they're like, we should avoid this because we know it's a trap. Yeah. Uh, and They then, go in knowing every trap is a trap and they still keep going. Yeah. Nothing is... They're so determined to murder this this yeah. child maybe they know about the McAllister crime family maybe they're the good guys and they're trying to like put in like end the McAllister oh, line oh I want to write this movie now <laughs> oh I want to write this film so bad Home yeah, Alone Origins maybe they they think they're doing a good deed for the, yeah. the crime community yes for the crime community <laughs> Um, They're all a big family. I want to write Home Alone Zero. Yeah. That is about the... How the, Kevin McAllister became Kevin McAllister. It, no, the about... The McAllister dynasty. The McAllister dynasty, uh, the wet bandits and their knowledge of the dynasty. Because they definitely target this house. they used house. to work together? Oh my god, that's brilliant. Although I suppose in the first movie when one of the bandits is posing as a police officer, the father, Father McAllister does look directly at him, I believe, so he wouldn't recognize him, but maybe he worked with Marv. One of it, it's one of those like Thanos-esque things where mm-hmm. Thanos is indirectly responsible for killing Drax's wife. Mm-hmm. Drax holds Thanos accountable, especially after the events of Guardians of the Galaxy, but Thanos probably was not... Like, Ronin killed Drax's wife. Thanos is the one that sent Ronin to, mm-hmm. to do that. It sounds like what you're saying is that Father McAllister killed Marvin Harry's wives? Oh, I think what I, th- I think here's what I think happened Marvin Harry worked for the McAllister Crime Syndicate. They made a mistake, an, an error in judgment. They let a mark get away. They did something that displeased the McAllister patriarch. So he. Not they were good men. They're good at what they do. Before the concussions and head injuries, they were really competent. They were competent at yes. one point. But he wanted to send a message. So he killed their wives. And now, as an act of vengeance, they seek to first rob his house yeah. and then kill his son. And then kill someone close to him. Yes. His son, his heir apparent. Yes. Because I think Kevin shows the most promise of all of the McAllister children, which yes. is why they had so many. They were trying they were trying to produce one that wasn't a fuck up. Yeah. Also they, they were trying to make sure they had numbers for their the, the McAllister clan five aside soccer league. Yeah. They um, have, they have fun. <laughs> they have a good time. Yeah, it's good. Uh the losing team does get shot. 
Yeah. Um, there used to be more McAllister children. There used to be a lot more. I mean, that's why the house is so big. <laughs> used to be like... It's fine, they're Catholic. Like bunk beds on a submarine, just <laughs> full of... Oh, it we got dark. Do you remember, it was already dark. Do you remember when this was a funny podcast? No, it's funny. It's just grim. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, um, to kind of move things along a little bit, after the yeah, war- we're really close to wrapping it. So, up. Kevin does all of the murders. He runs out of the house. At this point, by the way, Kevin's family is now in New York. Oh yeah, they come up. They're, they're staying for at him. the Plaza Hotel. They're, who've given them the complimentary a complimentary suite. A com- don't listen. Hey, I have a bad tongue. It's bad. Does Mandy know? She she has an inkling. <laughs> so, as Kevin arrives at the murder house, his mother has just left. Yeah, they barely miss each other. Yeah, the murders murders will happen. Blah, 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 blah. Kevin uh, now tries to lure them to Central Park, but he slips on ice. Some ice, because it's New York in the winter tide. And it's it's poetic justice because Harry and Marv themselves slipped on ice of Kevin's own making in the first movie. I am led to believe that sounds right. I think he yes. like ices the front steps or yes. something. So Kevin is taken into Central Park by Harry and Marv, and they're like, "Finally, our our wives will rest in peace." Yes, <laughs> we will atone for the sins. We got a little message for your father, but you won't be able to deliver it. And at that moment, Pigeon Lady throws a bucket of seed on the pigeon on on Harry and Marv, mm-hmm. and they are they are swamped by pigeons. She wants the police to take Kevin alive. Yes, because he's got a lot of information. Yeah, he could be very very informative. Yeah, Kevin sets off for fireworks because when he called the police, he said they're in Central Park. They've got a gun. Look for fireworks. Mm-hmm. Tell him Kevin McAllister sent you. <laughs> and uh, the cops show up, and Kevin makes a getaway. He, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, that's right, I don't like the police. Yeah, the um, uh, Harry and Marv are kind of thrown under the bus for uh, Kevin's freedom and safety. Yeah. When clearly he's guilty of more crimes than they have ever committed. It's true. Later, there's a reunion at a Christmas tree as uh, Kevin's mother realizes where oh, yeah. Kevin, Kevin is going to be. Kevin goes to Rockefeller Center to yeah. gaze at the Christmas tree and think about everything he's done and the man he's become. And, uh, the kind of man who makes tough choices. That others yes. aren't aren't willing to make. It's it's very you, you can see how and I've heard, his I, features harden his ten year old. You you do get a sense of and obviously this was brought up in I don't know if you ever watched the special features on the DVD for Breaking Bad but mm. this film is cited as a big influence. Yeah, of all I can the, see it. The crime stuff. Uh, he he says uh, he just makes a wish. I want to see my mother again, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, just to say I'm sorry. And then she's like, "Boom, I'm here." She goes, what, what, what up, fam? And then, exactly what she says. And then uh, they wake up next morning, Christmas Day. They open a bunch of presents that were sent by... Mr. Duncan. The, the, the late, great Mr. Duncan yeah, of Duncan's his, his Toy girls. Chest. Ooh. And th- there's a scene where they call up and say, hey, I wanted to say thank you for the presents. I want, can I speak to Mr. Duncan? I want to thank you for the presents. And the voice on the phone says, Mr. Duncan's been, been dead, dead for, for 20 years. years. And then uh, the McAllister patriarch sees the uh, room service bill from Kevin's stay in the hotel, which uh, the dollar value for that was $967. Now, before we started recording, we did set homework for Molly to figure out how much that is in 2018 money. With inflation, $1,717.55. Wow. Wow. Uh, so the McAllister patriarch screams in the hotel room so loud that his child, who is in the park thanking Birdwoman, um, oh yeah, thanks, thanks for helping me get away, yeah. Birdwoman, and she's kind of like, mm. 
That's not, not what I, I planned on happening, but okay. I'm glad I survived the night. And uh, Kevin discovers that uh, he's uh, incurred the, the wrath of the McAllister Patriarch, patriarch yeah. and runs away. And, and starts a new life. Yeah, and it's interesting to note that He's none on of the lamb for several years. None of the Home Alone movies after this one feature Kevin McAllister. Yeah. So he either he goes, he goes dark. He either goes uh like underground, like changes his name, mm-hmm. becomes a, a police informant, goes into witness protection, or his dad catches him and he dies. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, it really goes either way. And the film is kind of open-ended. It's like the end of Blade Runner. Like, whichever ending yeah, is more interesting to you, ambiguous. you get to... Yeah, I like that ambiguity. Very thought-provoking. Yeah. And that is the end of the movie. We're done. We're Yay, free. we're free. Um, Unlike Kevin McAllister. Yeah. So this is a difficult one to rate because typically... I feel like I've said that a lot on this show. Yeah. Um, that's the new rating. It's yeah. a difficult one to rate. Yes. It's difficult out of 10. Typically with this podcast, we want to rate the movie on the uh, on a uh, on a scale of how successful it is as, as a piece of toyetic cinema. Mm-hmm. But the Lego emoji scale is one axis of that. And the Clue, Clue battleship, battleship scale is kind of a different axis. Because this film does not exist to promote the Talkboy. The Talkboy was created to, to promote, promote film. this film. And then kind of became its own range of toys for a hot minute. Um, in the 90s, this film cannot be rated by our usual criteria. Um, it's kind of like uh, Batman and Robin in yeah. that sense, or Spice World, in well, that it kind of is concurrent with a toy. Well, I think the thing about Bat- Batman and Robin was deliberately designed to sell more Batman toys. Mm-hmm. That's that was the that was the intent behind every creative decision in that movie. Spice World existed to sell the Spice Girls mm-hmm. as a product, and there were the various associated orbiting merchandise. This didn't exist to sell anything other than to capitalize on the success of the first Home Alone movie and then accidentally spawned a piece of very, very popular merchandise that kind of became a Christmas hit. Has this happened to anything? Like, has this situation happened in any other film? I would argue... I guess you mentioned Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear is the big one. Um, It was a fictional toy that became real. And was the most successful toy over the summer of 95. Yeah, I mean, the, no one expected the Buzz Lightyear action figure to be as much of a success as mm-hmm. it was internationally. I wanted one as a kid, and Aww. I did not get one. And but you got a talk boy. I did get a talk boy, and I loved my talk boy. I want, here's the thing. I genuinely adored my talk boy. It was one of my favorite toys throughout 94 and into 95. And I don't know what happened to it. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's fine. It's th- That happens with toys. Like, I had a Furby in 99 that... Uh, well, I know what happened to my Furby. My Furby uh, stopped working. It went, it went it through went the X-ray through the, yeah, yeah, yeah. at LAX and came out mute. And I I felt sorry for it. What did it see in there? <laughs> <laughs> Tragedy. Tragedy yeah. struck that day in, in Los Angeles. Here's the thing. It's also difficult for me to be impartial about this movie because in, in the same vein as the original Power Rangers movie... This was this was an important film for me in my childhood. Your I watched formative years. Yeah, I watched this movie on VHS at the end of ninety three and throughout ninety four. Regardless of what time, I didn't care if it was Christmas or not. All I wanted, I wanted to watch the murder child do bad things to two adults. Yeah, and it was a good film for that purpose. Yeah, it's great for sublimating impotent rage. Which explains why the anonymous businessman was in it because. Moving on from that. (laughs) People come here to have a good time. So we talk about softer babies and murdering people. (laughs) So yeah, it's difficult for me to be impartial because as you pointed out, I had a lot of sense memory Mm -hmm. watching this movie and it kind of stirred up a lot of like warm 
non it's, it's i i feel this way i imagine the same way a lot of pe- a lot of people who are around my age or slightly younger feel about space jam i mm, never liked space yeah. jam space jam to me was a dumb movie but it is beloved perhaps ironically so but i feel like the irony is kind of looped around on itself and become yeah. genuine people of our age groups love space jam and i i've never seen the appeal in my entire life i've never seen the appeal but that's how i feel about about home alone 2 lost in new york it's it's like comfort food yeah it's like a, a mental comfort food it's something familiar that you grew up with i get that i yeah. love chipmunk adventure that's my equivalent of this movie i think because i grew up with it i wore holes in the tape it's silly and it has a lot of problems but it means so much to me and as soon as i turn it on as soon as i hear the music as soon as i see the images i'm immediately transported back yeah. to that place of like this is the only thing that i'm thinking about yes yeah. I, I just, like, watching this movie, I remember being half my height, just enjoying the cartoonish nonsense I was mm-hmm. seeing on the screen. So for me, we can't use the Lego emoji scale, we can't use the Clue Battleship scale. All we have is... It's a special Christmas scale. The, the special Christmas... How does this movie make you feel in our hearts? And for me, this makes my... It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And that's really all that matters about this movie to me. It makes me happy. Is it a bad movie? Objectively... Probably. From a narrative standpoint, it has problems. From a writer's standpoint, it has problems. But it makes me feel happy. And that is the most important metric, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't have the same emotional connection to this film that you have. I was a lot older when I first saw it, so I don't feel that same way about it. But I've had that experience with other films, so I understand. Yeah. Watching it from a less emotional position, if we were to use a standard 1 to 10 scale, where would you put... Uh, Home Alone 2 colon Lost in New York. I think it's a 6 or a 7 or stronger. Like, I don't know if it's as strong as the first one. Okay. But it's definitely entertaining okay. and fun. Yeah. Just, a, just enough murder. You had some trouble with the murder stuff. <laughs> there was a point where you had to stop watching. It was rough. And it was me. I think the thing that... I don't know if this is how you felt, but certainly the way that I interpreted... The change in how you were passing the movie was when I commented on the fact that this is a cartoon. You can't look at it as real people being injured. They're, they're in a cartoon world. And you are you went from hiding under the covers because you couldn't watch people <laughs> being inflicted with genuine anger, genuine pain, to assimilating the imagery that you were seeing on the screen. Yeah, I think if I were a child watching this, because child... Childs? Childs? Childs. Julia Childs. <laughs> um, children aren't don't have that same level of empathy. Yeah. I don't think I think they, they're so accustomed to slapstick humor that maybe they don't understand I mean, depending on the child, don't understand the concept of like your body can break. Yeah. And as an adult, I've experienced my body breaking. Yeah. <laughs> so I can feel that pain on a deeper level. That seems like So a... that makes it less yeah. fun for me. But as a child I can imagine like this is a riot. I think young Molly... Man, I don't know enough about young Molly to be able to make this judgment call. I think maybe young Molly might have enjoyed this. Would young Molly have been allowed to watch this? Probably. Cool. PG. So that's Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Yeah. Um, We've learned some stuff today. We have. um, uh, Continuing and concluding our trilogy of Christmas movies, what are we watching next week? We are watching Barbie in a Christmas Carol. Barbie in a Christmas Carol. And that's going to drop on Christmas Day. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Something for if you are driving somewhere for Christmas, uh, I I sometimes, I'm not doing it this year because I'll be in Florida, but I have in the past driven up north um, and that's like an hour and a half drive. So it's a good podcast journey if you have to spend time with family you don't like just get some tiny earbuds and wear a hat or wear your hair down (laughs) 
Get, get, get a deer stalker and put the flaps down to cover the <laughs> yeah, ears. Yeah, put the flaps down. Yeah. Um, and no one will know that you're actually having a good time. Yeah, that seems uh, seems like it's going to be a good one. And that, that will conclude our trilogy of Christmas movies this year. We're actually... This is not the next Barbie movie in sequence. We've 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 brought this one we've forward. We've jumped around because um, um, we wanted to do a Christmas one. Yeah, and I think that's fair. There, there's another... It seemed too serendipitous that we would have a Barbie episode drop on Christmas. Yeah. So, so we wanted to make it work. Yeah, we wanted to do something a little bit different. So yeah, that, that episode will drop next week. And then just to give you guys a preemptive... The week after that, we will be taking a break. Yeah, we're going so, to take the New Year's week off. There will be no episode yeah. the week of New Year's. That's we'll, again, Tuesday is New Year's Day. Yeah. So we're going to skip that week and then we'll be back the next week. Yes, that so will be the we're going to give ourselves 8th? a vacation. I believe the 8th. Yeah, January the 8th, we'll be back with episode 36. Do we want to tell people what we're doing no, now? No, we we'll wanna... tell them next yeah. week. So yeah. Is there anything else that we need to talk about before I do the wrap up? I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder, I'm going to be at Sac Anime the first weekend of January. So if you're going to be in Sacramento and you like anime, you can go to Sac Anime. I'll be doing panel moderation. I don't know what my schedule is yet. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and then I think the weekend after I'm in Anime Los Angeles in Ontario, California, mm-hmm. where I'll be doing a bunch of panels, including a stand-up comedy show called Ha Ha Ball Z. Even though I don't, wow. that's the name of the show. Okay. Um, that one's that one is adults only. It's going to be after. I assume. Wouldn't it's it after. be better to call it like Hame Hame Ha Ha? Kame Hame Ha Ha would kame, be kame, good. Kame Hame Ha Ha. Comic Homic Ha Ha. Comic Hame Ha. God, that's such a better name. Yeah. I think it was because Lamar, who organizes Ha Ha Ball Z, he said that he wanted to do a comedy show. This was at another convention. And he didn't know what to call it because it, well, we need a title. So he was just like, uh, I don't know, fucking Ha Ha Ball Z. So oh, that's where the name came so from. you can tell him next time. Yeah. We've so, solved your problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be doing Ha Ha Ball Z. I'll be doing, I'll be hosting an improv comedy show called uh, Whose Line, Who's is, it Line anime? is It Anime. I will be the Drew Carey issuing proclamations and distributing points in a nonsensical manner. And then I think I'm doing Unnecessary Debates, which is exactly what it sounds like. And then uh, Gallifrey one is in February. I'll talk about that once the anime stuff is out of the way. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Life Toretic with Ben and Molly. If you enjoy the show and you would like to support us, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash thelifetoyetic. And for as little as $1 a month, you get bonus content, including bonus episodes, live streams. We are about to drop a Q&A video if we haven't already by the time this episode goes out. I'm sure I will finish editing it. That one will be going up certainly before Christmas. Yeah, the $1 level, you get access to all of the the behind-the-scenes stuff at the $5 level. You um, get a little card. Little postcard, yeah. Molly being of sound mind and body and also a phenomenal artist. Um, I design little des- postcards yeah. and send them out seasonally. So you'll in January there will be a winter slash New Year's card going out. Yeah, the, I'm sure. I'm sure that any of our other patrons can talk about how great the uh, the October postcard was. I I have mine on on the fridge. It's Aww. it's. I genuinely love your art, and I'm, I feel very fortunate, so very lucky. You can get in to, on that for five American for five dollars and ten dollar backers, as well as getting everything else, including the postcard. They also get a shout out on the show itself. Backers like at Hey, it's Billy Rose, Billy, Zach Lay, Zach! who you still need to email us so we can concoct yeah, a back. Listen, I'm shouting them out. If Zach, if we don't have an email update from you by January first, we're going to start gonna manufacturing. Make up for you. Yeah, we're going to come up with qualities. We're going to come up with a hilarious backstory. Mm-hmm. You owe us. And then our newest $10 subscriber, who I'm, whose name I mispronounced, 
in the we previous episode. We knew we were mispronouncing yeah. it last time. But uh, they they reached out and explained uh, on Twitter. It's Mazer. Mazer the Squid Dude. Thank you so much. We love all of our Patreon backers equally. Hey, hey, hey. Mazer, I love you. We love you. We love all of you. I love you. you more. We love all of our patron supporters, our friends of Jeremy equally. But, but we is my favorite. But we do love our $10 backers equally more. more. So, yes. Don't worry. We're not going to pull a Gumbo McAllister on you. Because <laughs> yeah. we don't love you as much. There are no Gumbos in the Friends of Jeremy. <laughs> and we still don't have a Jeremy at the $100 level. That's you get true. all of that stuff in your Jeremy. It could be you. It could be you. So roll up, roll up. Anyway, that's a lot of talk about the Patreon. If you can't support the Patreon for whatever reason, you don't have the money, you don't want to, these are all very valid reasons. You don't love us enough. You don't, that, and again, fine. these are all very valid reasons. We'll cry about them later. But if you do still want to help support the show, you can leave a review on iTunes, you can tweet about us, you can post about us on Facebook, Tumblr, but not after the 17th because... Because sometimes gonna... we talk about nipples. We do talk about kink a lot on this show. And murder, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Um, murder you can talk about on Tumblr no problem but yeah podcasts like ours survive solely by word of mouth so anything you can do to spread the word spread the gospel spread the truth spread the love spread the McAllister clan across our fair country Mm -hmm. indeed the globe we would appreciate it huge huge thank you as ever to Brian Melblum for our theme tune the Toyetic Toe Tapper it is a club banger and we love it and we love you Brian is there anything I'm forgetting about it i think that's about it if i've forgotten anything molly will record it in post and it'll go right here thanks molly <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the life to edit with ben and molly i have been ben i've been and still am molly and the life to edit comes with everything that you see here forgiveness from the McAllister family <laughs> they do not forget they do not forget Galileo, 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 Galileo,